All right, this is Wade Major with the IGN DigiGods, and we have Tim Cogshell with us today. Tim, say hey. Hello, everybody. Sitting in for Mark. Tim is sitting in for Mark for uh, the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, because Mark, uh, with all due apologies to our listeners, has been bombarded over at his day job at E! Entertainment with a, uh, a massive uh, Academy Award-related project that has him working subhuman hours he is like a drone somewhere underground, a drone ant, and he's just burning through the clock. So, uh, all for our Academy Award enjoyment. All for our Academy Award enjoyment. So uh, Mark is actually out of commission for a couple of weeks, but after the Oscars, I'm sure we will have plenty of great stories from him. In the meantime, that brings us to our Oscar pool. Anybody who's been on our Facebook page knows that we have our first ever Oscar pool. Uh, so go on over there and uh, read up about it. Otherwise, go to www.funofficepools.com and uh, register. And the group is The Digigods. And you got to be accurate on this. It's capital T-H-E space capital D lowercase I-G-I capital G lowercase O-D-S. So the T and the D and the G are all capitalized and... Um, that will get you the group, the password, all lowercase, Lars von Trier, no spaces. So uh, go on over to the DigiGods at funofficepools.com, password Lars von Trier, all lowercase, and uh, register for the Oscar pool. And the, the, the swag is already getting pretty fantastic. Uh, we are going to be giving away a Blu-ray of Boyhood. A Blu-ray of the Frank Darabont collection, which includes, it's brand new, which includes uh, Shawshank Redemption, um, Green Mile, and The Majestic. And then we also have a, uh, a bunch of olive titles, some uh, amazingly cool classic olive titles, which uh, we will uh, fill in on a future show as well and let you know as those, uh, those all arrive. So, so far that is the swag, and uh, we're trying to get some more for the, uh, the winner of the, uh, the Oscar office pool. Uh, in the meantime, Tim and I, we just got done doing our Film Week The Big Oscar Film show. Week Oscar Show. The Big Film Week Oscar Show at the Egyptian, uh, where we all get up on stage with the rest of our colleagues, and we... Uh, we uh, Talk about these movies that are coming up. Boyhood was, seems to have been a big favorite in the audience. Um, Im, uh, uh, Imitation Game yeah. seems to have been a big favorite in the audience. Bird, Birdman. Birdman is a big favorite. Well, my, you're probably going to be my pick. But no no runaway favorite among... I mean, the audience, they, they, Larry Mantle, who, who is our host on, on uh, Film Week, and air talk. Uh, Larry always kind of throws it after we ramble about some category. He throws it to the audience and by applause sees, you know, if there's a favorite. Did it feel like there was any favorite this year? You know, the, 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 the applause was so even across all of these films. And I, and I think it's been that way this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of these films are in the running. Um, I have my favorites. I think I know what's going to happen. But I think that nobody out there will be really, really, really greatly disappointed. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's it just feels like one of the most even years. I think Birdman's still going to win. I think it's running the table on all the uh, the, uh, the the Guild Awards. Yeah, uh, DGA uh, NRE two won yeah, last night of a month. He did, he yeah. did. Yeah. and it, you know it won the Producers Guild, won SAG, got the Ensemble Award from SAG. So it seems to it seems to be the odds-on favorite with all of the crafts. But um, we shall see. Stranger things have happened. If it does win, and I made this point, if it does win, it will be the first Best Picture winner since 1980. 34 years that did not get a nomination for editing, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's very, very sort of strange. Sometimes we'll see those situations where a best picture uh, is nominated and the director of that film is not. I think we see that this year. Someone nominated. Not nominated. But editing is such an integral part to what goes on. But it's uh, only in, in the visi- way the movie plays. It's, it's invisible just, in Birdman. That's yeah. what I think the problem is. Well, those yeah, long, long, long takes. But again, there's an edit- there's editing that's going on in that film. Well, and, and full disclosure, the, the editors of the film, Steve Marioni and Doug Kreiss, are actually very close friends of my wife. They they all worked on this little movie Clock Watchers a million years ago no, together. Yeah, yeah, the sisters. That, together, yeah. By the Sprecher sisters. Yeah, that's where they all met. You know, everybody kind of met on that little movie. And uh, it's, uh, you know, they, they worked hard. Doug was the first editor on, and then Steve came on. Uh, and joined him, and Steve, of course, won an Oscar for Traffic. And uh, they, I think the, the, the editing achievement there is that you don't notice it's the that edits. It is, in fact, invisible, which yeah. is what editing in the best circumstances ought to be. There are times when editing is important, when, 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 it, when it's a thing that happens uh, in a film that's an interesting thing to watch. But in this film, yeah. the way this film plays out with those long, long takes that he does, you think that there's no editing going on. Believe me, uh, that's, uh, that's art. That's craft. It is. 
Well, let's get into uh, covering some DVDs. We've got uh, a lot of stuff piled up. Uh, it is February, which means it's Black History Month. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Black History Month. <laughs> and so certain titles get thrown our way, some of them better than others. Uh, some of them we'd, we'd rather not have associated with Black History Month, but nonetheless, there they are. And uh, a little bit ironic with all the, the, the talk about Selma not getting the nominations that people felt that it was due. Funny that this now all kind of arrives in Black History Month. It, it, is, sort of an, it yeah. is sort of an interesting thing. One of the yeah. films here for Black History Month uh, that, that I'm looking at is, this, is King. The yeah. Paul Winfield, the Cicely Tyson which, film, 1978, which I watched broadcast on television yeah. in 1978. And it's now on Blu-ray. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it's interesting because until Selma, that was the only – you would have thought that we'd have made 10 or 12 Martin Luther King biopics by now, right? Well, and this, this, this film is in fact called King. Yeah. So it is a biopic, so to speak, about, about uh, MLK. As opposed to Selma, which we do have to remind people all the time, yep. is not a biopic about nope. Dr. Martin Luther King. It's about this very particular set of events. Of course, he's pivotal in it, but he's not. This film does have the benefit that there are in fact some actual words – that Dr. King spoke yeah. in this film uh, because they were still licensing bit right. by bit little chunks of, yeah. of the speeches. Ava DuVernay did not have that benefit. No, but she did a hell of a job writing some uh, writing some stuff that uh, that sounds like it. Anyway, so the King is on Blu-ray, and then we also have a thing called uh, Addicted, based on the bestseller by Zane. Um, I don't know who Zane is, Tim. Zane <laughs> is the E.L. James of black literature. Got it. Uh, E.L. James is the person who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. If you think Fifty Shades of Grey is a sort of a sexy little book, uh, read some of the stuff that, Jane, that Zane there has written. These, uh, the, these are some of the most beautiful people I think I have yeah. ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is just... You got yourself a whole group of absolutely gorgeous people. Here. Look, there are, there's a following for these films and the books that are made from yeah. these films. They usually involve menage a trois and things <laughs> like that. Uh, among uh, very, very lovely black folks. This is directed by Billy Wood- Woodruff, uh, yes. who's you know, sort of a noted director in this yeah. genre of film. Awesome. Um, and then we've got. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you. Well, well through, I, I see here that you have uh, uh, through a lens darkly this documentary that came out not too terribly long ago, a film by Thomas Allen Harris. It's a really, really lovely film, um, a documentary about the history of photography across the years that's related to African Americans. This is our little African uh, African American section here. It's a lovely, lovely film that completely reshapes the way we think about black folks as photographers and as subjects of. Photography. Uh, there, there is a daguerreotype in this movie um, taken by a black man uh, of John Brown, of the abolitionist John Brown. It's an absolutely extraordinary picture. Just about everyone listening has seen this photograph. And, and, de- and de- daguerreotypes, we should point out, is like the, 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 the cave painting version yes. of, pho- of photography. Yeah, just yeah, on, on a plate and all yeah. this kind of stuff. That, that picture of John Brown was taken by a black man. Uh, in the late 1860s. So um, this is a really, really lovely movie. It's a, you know, it's a little bit scattershot, but it's a history of things that we just don't know about. The way black folks have been captured in photography over the years has shaped so many things about the way we think about black people. Uh, and, uh, you know, it hasn't always been flattering. This film sets some of that correct. And then uh, we've got a fantastic PBS uh, release here, which is which is just really, oh, really yeah. first rate. Um, the African Americans, Black in Latin America, uh, with Henry Louis Gates Jr., who is just a, a, you know his the work that he's been doing on PBS Dr. is just Dr. Gates and those genealogies scholarly. It's absolutely scholarly, and it's amazing, and it's sort of taking it's sort of like taking its cue from. Uh, from Roots, obviously, and taking it to a whole different level. I mean, really doing unbelievably great work as a historian and, and an ethnographer and, and all those things. And this is just wonderful. Um, you know, he's, he basically here, he's, uh, it's uh, 10 hours on four discs, uh, really going into the entire history of black Central and South Americans, which is a, a history that we don't really pay much attention to. Frankly. We don't necessarily even think about uh, the fact that there are black folks, folks who consider themselves black, Negro, yeah. uh, in South America and Latin America. Uh, it's, a, it's a really intriguing thing. And Dr. Gates is just a wonderful, wonderful sort of uh, presence, uh, a documentarian presence in these films, too. Uh, not enough is said about just him on camera and the way he sort of eases people through these it's, histories it, of their own lives. No, he's, a, he's just a, a wonderful presence and an invaluable uh, part of that PBS family. Um, I'm going to burn through some, uh, some of these uh, uh, 
MHZ Megahertz titles right now. The uh, Megahertz is a, uh, they, they release these fantastic international mystery and uh, crime and, and cop series from other countries. Uh, it's, it's, they've pioneered basically a niche all their own, and it's extraordinary. They, uh, they're, they're the only ones doing this. All these great TV series in non-English languages, uh, you know, Norwegian, Swedish, German, French, uh, Spanish, Italian, and they find this stuff. And, uh, and they put it out there. And we've got a whole bunch of new titles from them that I'll just go through uh, real quickly here. I love those movies. It's, it's just it's great stuff. The, uh, the Nicolas Le Floche series, uh, we get volume two. This is episodes seven through ten, uh, which is, take, all takes place in 18th century Paris, based on the uh, best-selling novels of Jean-Francois Parot. Uh, that is, if you, if you caught the first release of that, it's just, it's great stuff. Period. The production design in those are just extraordinary. Period detective work. It's just, it's really, really good. Uh, we've got Crime Scene Cleaner. Um, which I'm surprised that nobody's actually come up with in the United States. It's exactly what it is, and uh, it is, it, it's kind of icky, but sort of cool at the same time. Uh, this is a German series, and the guy in it, his name is Schotti. You can't get better than that name. <laughs> Hi, I'm Schotti, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to clean the blood and the guts off, of, off your crime scene. Uh, this is typically German, so it's, it's got kind of a wickedly dark, creepy edge to it. Uh, but it's it's it, it, it's it's technically a comedy, although I suspect the Germans probably find it a lot funnier than we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got uh, set one of Marie's Mind for Murder. Um, this is kind of like uh, Murder She Wrote in German, except she's not old and she's kind of attractive, and uh, it's you know she's also not a writer. So it's not really like Murder, She Wrote, but yeah. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, well, well. Uh, Anyway, that's uh, ten episodes here. That's a, that's a good German detective bit. Then we've got a couple of sets, set one and set two of Unit One, which is... I a, love that series. Unit One? Yeah, the Unit series. Yeah, I love it's, that series. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, this was an international Emmy Award winner, and it actually... Um, uh, this is Danish. And uh, something about Danish, you know, I, I, my Scandinavian friends always like to joke about Danish, that, that Norwegian and Swedish are languages and Danish is a throat disease. <laughs> I'm sure. There's a wonderful little Danish film that just opened here today. I think it's called The Loft, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it might be. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It just opened this We've got, we, we, and we James da- Marston adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have Danish listeners to this show. Er- Eric so. Van Looy uh, directed that film. Yeah, directed it twice. Directed it once. Uh, there and then once for us. Good work. Well, we have Danish listeners to this show, and I would love for them to uh, write in and tell us, uh, you know, their feelings about Unit One. It's certainly it, it's really cool. Um, it, it just you know something about things that take place. Mads Mikkelsen is in that series, so you know anything that Mads is in is, is okay with me. Anything that yeah, and and anything that takes place in uh, in Scandinavia always feels more dire. It always feels like someone's going to freeze to death or starve to death. <laughs> if nothing else happens, somebody might know. freeze. It's just, it's just a feeling I always have. Uh, then we've also talked previously about the uh, Don Mateo series. Uh, we got a couple more on that, sets seven and eight. Uh, this is a, just a fabulous uh, Italian show that uh, it's just got a lot of style and it got a lot of you know, great dialogue, really, really kind of fun settings. Uh, so Don Mateo. And then... Uh, Let's see, getting down here, we've got uh, In the Face of Crime. Um, in the Face of Crime is a little bit kind of unusual for the uh, the style of a lot of previous stuff. Uh, as you can see, we have a German emphasis here with the Megahertz titles. And uh, this is also a, uh, a German series. Uh, you know, like the, the Crime Scene Cleaner is, is, is kind of dark comedy. Uh, this one is... It, it, it's it's got a character intensity that the others don't necessarily have. Uh, the lead character here, his name is Marek Gorski. Interesting character because he's got a, a Russian Jewish background, and they play a lot with his uh, his his kind of his sense of identity. It's kind of like a middle two thousand series from Germany, like two thousand. Nine or ten or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, that in the face of crime. Yeah, I'm sure could it is. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I, uh, let me double check the uh, the. Date. I, I, rem- I remember seeing that, um, uh, but I, you know, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't have a note for the for the date, but yeah. it, you know, all of these are fairly uh, recent series. Uh, we also have previously we'd mentioned the Inspector in the Sea. We now have season two of that. These are based on the uh, the novels of Mari Jungstedt. Uh, this is another German show. Uh, good, not quite on the on the same caliber as some of the others. 
Then we have season one of Johan Falk, J-O-H-A-N, Johan Falk. And uh, this is a really, really, really cool concept. This is a Swedish show um, with with a guy who used to be a part of Europol. And uh, now he is uh, becoming kind of an organized crime guy. He's, he's got a whole new focus in his career. And um, it, it, there, there some really, it takes some very interesting twists and turns. And I'm dying to see some of the subsequent series, uh, some of the subsequent uh, uh, seasons. Um, really, really interesting concept. It's a, it's a little bit like... Um, Certain American shows that have uh, oh gosh what are, what are some of them uh, mm. The Wire might come to mind oh. where where it, it's it, it's it, it you feel like they're going somewhere but you don't know where they're quite leading you you know you're in a world kind of, you're in a world you're, you're in a community world. yeah and then oh, we the got, Eagle my goodness and then yeah seasons yeah. two and three of the Eagle which has one of the the coolest lead characters of uh, of any of these shows uh, really just uh, first rate stuff you just it just this is a uh, a Danish show as well. So uh, more of that throat disease language, but uh, really, really cool concept. Uh, the eagle, of course, is the uh, the nickname of the lead character, who has the his name is Halgrim Halgrimson, and he just has this knack. He just knows things. He's just got like a second sense, uh, or a sixth sense, as they might say. <laughs> so anyway, that's the uh, that's all. That's the whole new lineup from Megahertz, and uh, it just continues to be one of the one of the coolest lines out there. And uh, then, real quickly, we've got. Uh, let's get into some um, some classic uh, movies. We've got uh, some of our DVD-R stuff from Warner Archive. Uh, I'll just name four of these real, really fast. Uh, Terry Thomas. I want to make mention of Terry Thomas. Because yeah, the lovely it, Terry Thomas. Because uh, Johnny Depp recently just tanked in yeah. Mordecai. Yeah. And, and doing a very bad version of Terry Thomas. <laughs> incredibly bad version of Terry Thomas. Uh, but Terry Thomas is really, really funny. And there's an MGM movie called Kill or Cure. That Terry Thomas starred in, which is now part of the Warner Library, uh, fortunately. And uh, this is just a, a wonderful old Terry Thomas, uh, just a, a really silly Terry Thomas uh, comedy. And the whole thing takes place in a spa. And it doesn't really matter what it's about. It's just Terry Thomas in a spa should make you laugh. Uh, it's just very, very funny. And lots of physical humor. And Terry Thomas just being the usual twit that he is. He just can't handle There's the... There's something about that gap. The machines, the, 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 the diastema, I know. It's just the machines they put him in, and it's just, it's really funny. And then we have a four-film collection called Brown and Carney. Uh, this is the a collection of four films from a, a comedy team that everybody's kind of forgotten about. Uh, they were an RKO team. Uh, never really got the traction of uh, Abbott Costello or any of those guys, but they're still really, really funny. Uh, and we are, of course, uh, talking about Wally Brown and Alan Carney. And the movies are The Adventures of a Rookie, Rookies in Burma, Girl Rush, and Genius at Work. Um, probably worth a rental at the very least, I would, I would say. It's, uh, again, from Warner Archives. You can find it by going to warnerarchive.com. But uh, a lot of fun uh, appearances here. You get uh, Bella Lugosi shows up in uh, Genius at Work and uh, uh, a few other interesting little uh, noteworthy cameos from uh, other actors of the era. Which is, so there's some, there's some good stuff here. And then uh, New Faces of 1937 is one of these bizarre uh, cavalcades of just throwing a lot of uh, talent into a movie. It's one of these weird things the studios used to do where they'd show off a lot of their new faces and they'd sometimes make them into musical reviews and stuff like this. But they want you to know who's there in 1937 to look for in other movies. And, and it's a, it was a promotional tool back then. And the only thing, interesting thing here is that Milton Berle is yeah, one of them. Yeah, you had Milton Berle yeah. walking around there and a few people. It, those things were always a lot of fun. I remember loving those. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, Milton Berle's the only person there that we would yeah. even recognize now. Yeah, well, all these people in 1937 were meant to be famous. And Milton Berle became famous, yeah. and the rest of them vanished. And then also an RKO double feature, uh, Old Man Rhythm and To Beat the Band. Uh, a couple of old musicals, nothing really spectacular here, but you know Betty Grable shows up at, at one point, and uh, you get a few other faces that are that are somewhat you know Charles Buddy Rogers and a few others that are that are somewhat familiar. So that's uh, that's a nice little dose of nostalgia from the Warner Archive collection. With Fifty Shades of Grey 
coming out what next Friday or something like yeah. that, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. so everybody that's ever made a sexy film, every studio that's ever made a film with a little bit of sex in it yeah. has put one out. We have one here with seven films in it, a little bit of sexy. Uh, you got uh, Bear Witness, which is an interesting little film that I think I remember with Daniel Baldwin in it. A Craig Sheffer film with Cheryl Lee. Remember Cheryl Lee? Oh my gosh. Called Bliss with Terrence Stamp, the wonderful Terrence Stamp in that film, and a few of them, Youth Without Youth, of course, the wonderful. Francis Ford Coppola film with Tim Roth from a couple of years ago. So, you know, a little bit of sexy uh, that they're working with right there. And Cheryl Lee is going gonna, is gonna to show up again in, uh, in the new Twin Peaks series, I'm sure. She, well, I one hopes her and the log lady. Yeah. Those are who you want. <laughs> her and the log lady. Yeah. Mom's Mabley in a film called oh Amazing Grace. This was directed by Stan Latham. Stan happens to be a guy I know. Uh, father of Sanaa Latham, the, the actress, right. the wonderful actress. Right. This movie goes back to... Oh, 1974. Moms Mabley, for those of you who have no idea who Moms Mabley is, look, you know what? Go on YouTube. Oh my look her up. The funniest little old black lady you've ever seen in your life. You think Cat Stevens is funny? No. Hang out with Moms Mabley for about 20 minutes. For sure. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let me want to go through a lot of this because we haven't been able to get to a lot of this stuff in previous weeks. Dig in here from our 20th Century Fox Cinema Archives. We've got a whole bunch of triple features. Ooh. I'm going to roll through these super fast because there's no reason to uh, do anything other than just make quick mention of them. These are all three film collections. Films just from the 20th Century Fox Archives. They are part of the tw- uh, 20th Century Fox Cinema Archives line, which is all DVD-R. It's all DVD burns. And um, on this one, we got Beneath the Twelve Mile Reef, Raiders from Beneath the Sea, and Down to the Sea in Ships. Uh, the latter one is, is really pretty interesting because it's got Richard Widmark, Lionel Barrymore, and Dean Stockwell in it. Really terrific cast. But there's your, there's your nautical theme. <laughs> uh, we've also got a bunch of Cisco Kid movies. Uh, the Cisco Kid, Return of the Cisco Kid, The Cisco Kid, and The Lady. Uh, God love Cesar Romero. I mean, Cesar Romero, people think Cesar Romero is just the, 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 the Joker. Just don't understand. Yeah, the, the depth and breadth of that man's career. There was just some really fun stuff that he did. Um, we, got some, uh, we got some girl stuff for those who want their, their beefcake and their, uh, their pinup stuff in The Pleasure Seekers. With Anne Margaret, fantastic, never better. Uh, Three Little Girls in Blue with June Haver. And uh, Betty Grable in uh, The Shocking Miss Pilgrim. Not really that shocking anymore, but it's Betty Grable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anne Margaret in that first movie. She, oh she, has, a, she has a dancing scene in that movie. Yeah. Prepare yourself. That's it's all I want to say. fabulous. Uh, Red Skies of Montana, The Siege at Red River, and um, The Untamed are uh, three... Kind of westerny things. The Untamed is more of a kind of more of an adventure, uh, but uh, this is you know all action adventure stuff, and there's really nothing that ties these things together other than just lots of action and adventure. Tyrone Power in in uh, Untamed is pretty great. Uh, it takes place in Africa and uh, beautiful photography. They they call this the the tag the tag here is Afra Colossal. <laughs> I'm you know would that would that fly today? That's like a that's like a uh, an old advertising just, line from the fifties or something. I guess. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in the room when when <laughs> when some guy at the studio they're all chomping on their cigars in a nice big smoke filled room? What can we what what can we come? Afro colossal. Package them. Uh, you got it. You got a winner. It's madness. You got a winner. Uh, and then we've got uh, Frederick March and uh, Lionel Barrymore in the Road to Glory. Great war film. Uh, wife, husband, and friend, also with uh, Warner Baxter and Loretta Young, and then Warner Baxter and Andrea Leeds uh, in Earthbound. I'm going to go through these as uh, quickly as I can. Uh, Take Her, She's Mine, Sandra, uh, Sandra Dee and James Stewart movie. Uh, James Stewart also with Barbara Hale in the J- Hit the Jackpot, and then James Stewart with Marlena Dietrich in No Highway in the Sky. These are all kind of minor James Stewart movies, yeah. but they're, they're okay. Uh, the Foxes of Harrow is actually really, really good. Great performance there by um, uh, uh, Rex Harrison and Maureen O'Hara as the, the two leads. Both of them really, really wonderful and really good direction there uh, by John Stahl. And then we've also got um, A Flea in Her Ear, which is Rex Harrison with uh, Rosemary Harris. 
And then a kind of bizarre film called Staircase that I had never seen before. Rex Harrison and Richard Burton, uh, which, who I had no idea had ever done a movie. Yeah, a movie with Rex Harrison. With Stanley Donnan directing it. Stanley Donnan, no. And, yeah, and the weirdest, the weirdest part about this is that Dudley Moore did the music. Oh, really? Well, I, yeah. What year is that from? Uh, good question. That's uh, 60s sometime. Okay. But it's just like 69, 68. Just utterly bizarre uh, staircase. So... That's a very strange but mildly funny film and a real novelty that you might want to check out, but with some warning. Uh, then we've got uh, Janet Gaynor and Charles Farrell in uh, Change of Heart, uh, Clifton Webb and Ginger Rogers in uh, Dreamboat, and uh, Ginger Rogers and Michael Rennie in Teenage Rebel. That's another fun triple feature. And then lastly, uh, Loretta Young, Celeste Holm, uh, in Come to the Stable, Three Blind Mice with Loretta Young and Joel McRae, and uh, Loretta Young again, Tyrone Power, and Annabella in a really interesting film called Suez, which uh, definitely worth checking out. Suez, it's it maybe one of the few films directed by Alan Dwan, who did a lot of great kind of yeah. adventure movies. Yeah. Uh, really interesting, you know, set obviously against the backdrop of the Suez Canal and all that, all that crazy drama. Yeah, that's so. not I actually think it's really funny still that that film with Celeste Home and Loretta Young. Yeah. When I was a real little kid, I used yeah. to think Celeste Home and Loretta Young were the same person. Oh, that's interesting. With the eyes and all, and I would see them. They they have a very particular they do. presentation. Yeah, but I never, I never quite realized. Interesting. That, interesting. that is, so. I'm now I'm going to be, I'm going to go search photos for the rest of the day. You know, I was, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I and I and I see that I have, um, you have a copy of Nas a DVD a documentary about Nas. Uh, Nas, time is illmatic. It has been more than twenty years, just about a little bit more than twenty years since Nas's groundbreaking. Album Illmatic came out. That's it was, amazing. It was the record that really changed that the direction of hip hop. You know, has it been that long? Twenty years. Uh, direction. Uh, uh, Twenty years after the release of Nas's landmark debut album Illmatic. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's just an extraordinary thing. He's still around, still doing some really, really great music. But uh, he changed the direction of, of hip hop with that film. Uh, that, that would probably be a pretty interesting. I'm going to check that out. Wow. Uh, David Duchovny and Minnie Driver in Return to Me. I remember when this movie came out. And uh, I, you know, I, was, I was excited about it at the time. It turned out not to be that great of a film. Directed, though, by the very, very funny Bonnie Hunt. You know, Bonnie, I, I, I first saw Bonnie Hunt when she was doing, when they had a Second City troupe in Second L.A. Second City, yeah, yeah. And she would do these improv bits there. This was before she was on TV or anything. Um, you knew she was going to go somewhere. It, it, was, it was amazing. She, she would do, and I'm trying to remember how the improv game worked, because it was amazing. They would... They would clue the audience. She'd go off stage, and the audience would come in. And I saw her do this three or four times, and it, and it always amazed me. I always thought there was some trick to it. And the audience would be cued with certain words, and she had to come out and sort of tell a story and guess what words the audience had been given, and they would sort of applause. And the level of applause, it was like a hot, cold thing. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember all the details, but it was amazing you would think she's never going to figure this out. Like he told, he told us, like, it takes place in Nebraska. <laughs> and she would come out and go, you know, there's a place I've always wanted to go. It might be, uh, you know, sort of northish, and then it'd be a little bit of applause, or maybe south, more applause, right? It was one of these weird things. Uh, somehow, damn it, I don't know how, but she just, she nailed it. She was so sharp and, and made it funny and fun. But Bonnie was she's, she's always been that sort of like second banana in movies. Yeah. You know, the, the, the girlfriend, yeah. uh, Sleepless in Seattle. I think she's the, the, uh, the girl. So she's always been that. I never really thought of her as, as sort of a director type. Yeah. But she did a really, really great job there. I see here that you have on Blu-ray. Yeah, is, is this the first time that Henry V That's is the first Blu-ray? time that's been on Blu-ray. That's extraordinary. 1989, uh, of course, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Kenneth Branagh's adaptation. Of, of Henry V using just about all of the text, if I'm not mistaken. It's really, really a great, it, this, uh, just a this, great film. I, I, I love this most for the, uh, the Patrick Doyle score, which oh, I yeah. think is one of the great all-time scores ever written. It's just, you know, he, made, he spent like no money making this movie. I mean, there's a reason why the English army consists of, you know, four or five guys kind of crammed in the frame and a little bit of sound effects making you feel like there's more of an army because well, they, they didn't have the money. The great Paul Schofield, the great Derek Jacobi, and Ian Holm. Yeah. You know, so what are you going to do? Yeah. You, you gonna and, do? and Christian Bale is in this too, you know. You know, I've forgotten about that completely. Tiny, he, was, he, had, he had just done um, Empire of the Sun for Spielberg. 
uh, yeah. like, like a year or two earlier. Uh, John Malkovich, yeah. And, and he has like just two, one or two scenes in this thing. Uh, but it's Christian Bale right there. Yeah, early, he... young, early Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, I see that we have a Frank Sinatra film, Edward G. Robinson and Frank Sinatra. I completely forgot about this film. Yeah. Uh, hole, a Hole in the Head. It's a good movie. Uh, Ellen Park is a fun movie. I remember this being a lot of fun, a little sort of late. Uh, Nelson Riddle, music by Nelson Riddle. Can't go wrong with that, that's for sure. And then, of course, you have we have the wonderful Pork Chop Hill, Gregory Peck, and this extraordinary Lou, Lou Milestone film. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, actually, the, the, the art cover on this DVD I, I really, really love, too. It's that old Blu-ray. school Blu-ray. 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 Yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Old school uh, um, uh, it is. Uh, uh, cover yeah. art yeah. for this thing. It's just great. It's like, um, so, yeah, Gregory Peck and uh, Pork Chop Hill. You definitely want to check that one out. Sweet. And uh, also on DVD-R, here's a whole bunch more DVD-R uh, releases from the MGM Limited Edition Collection. Now, this, of course, comes from 20th Century Fox as well. This is part MGM distributes through Fox. So these are, uh, they obviously have the, the 20th Century Fox cinema archives, and this is the MGM end of that particular uh, production line. These are the MGM Limited Edition Collection. A lot of these have been out previously and went out of print, and thank goodness they're back. Most importantly, The Knack and How to Get It, one of my all-time favorite all-time films. All-time favorite films. Gosh, yeah. it's so good. Uh, Richard Very young Richard Lester. Richard Lester just just basically changing the face of cinema forever. Yeah. I mean, we would not have Wes Anderson if not for Richard yeah, Lester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right? yeah. So, I mean, this is just fantastic. Michael Crawford, Michael a very Crawford, young Michael very Crawford. Young Michael Crawford, yeah. R- Rita Tushingham. Always loved her name. <laughs> yes. Isn't it the greatest so it's name? Incredibly appropriate too. Mr. Tight Trousers, Mr. Tight Tight Trousers. Uh, I, I, the, you know, John Barry wrote one of his most beloved scores in this, and uh, you know, this was one of the films that uh, when I taught that class that yeah, I brought you yeah. in as a guest, yeah, yeah, yeah. my film history class over there, and uh, those, those poor college students that had me as a professor, <laughs> um, I showed him this, and I thought they're gonna love this. It's like '60s and it's mod and it's cool. And uh, they just looked at it, and then they, they just looked at me like, who, who are you, and why did you show this to us? And I just thought, I'm so old. How do you not understand how cool this is? Film critics don't get old. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, also in the uh, MGM Limited Edition collection, the story of Adele H, or Adele H, the uh, Francois Truffaut film about starring Isabella Gianni as Victor Hugo's daughter. Great movie. Really a great movie. Great performance by Gianni. Incredible, yeah. tragic story. Uh, the absolutely ridiculous uh, Mars Needs Women, starring Tommy Kirk and Yvonne Craig. The only reason to watch this is because Yvonne Craig is just hot beyond all belief. She, of course, being a uh, Batgirl. Batgirl, yes. But you know, classic, classic Batgirl. This is one of those silly, stupid teen movies from the '60s. But Mars does need women. <laughs> uh, Kiss Before Dying is out again. Which uh, one? The original. Robert, the original, really? Robert Wagner and Jeffrey Hunter. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Virginia Leith, Joanne Woodward, Mary Astor. Great cast, great film. Uh, you know, just uh, that's now out. It, these are all DVD-Rs. They, you know, you have to custom order them. Clark Gable and Eleanor Parker in The King and Four Queens. Uh, you know, not, not great. This is Clark Gable getting a little old in the tooth and, and trying to do a bit too much, but it's all right. You know, it's a kind of a above-average Western to middling Western. Wigstock the movie, uh, which is RuPaul doing what RuPaul does, you know, bef- yeah. before before the Project Runway or I whatever. Admit, no, it's, it's the drag race. The, the drag, 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 yeah. drag race. I will admit that I did not catch Wigstock the movie. Uh, it's it's just a lot of it's just a lot of drag. <laughs> it is, <laughs> which is not a bad thing in and of itself. No, I you know uh, speaking of drag, I I am proud to say I was once kissed on the cheek by Varla Jean Merman. At an hour when I could feel the uh, five o'clock shadow <laughs> right through the makeup. Thanks, Varla. Thank you, Varla. Uh, Miss Julie, the, uh, the, the, the the Chekhov, uh, by, this is Mike Figgis's version of uh, Miss Julie, starring his then and I guess probably still girlfriend, Saffron Burroughs. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a, good, a good adaptation. I'm not usually a Chekhov fan, but this is, this is quite good and not usually what I'd expect of Mike Figgis. By the way, what's, what's he done lately? Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, you think about leaving Las Vegas and all those extraordinary One Night Stand. Time uh, Code. Tens of time Code. All those extraordinary black and white. Yeah. Uh, extraordinary film. Then Mike Figgis just sort of went away He's there gone. for a while. I mean, this was an Academy Award uh, level director uh, making really extraordinary films. I mean, Time away. Code is 
it, it's a little tough to watch because it's an experiment, but that's a really interesting, daring movie. But it's, re- I mean, in, in a season when we're talking about films like Boyhood, you know, yeah. that, this, that sort of 12 yeah. year experiment yeah. that, that he did in Birdman with in, in Aritu, uh, Time Code was way, way, way ahead of its time. Yeah, it was. Anyway, this Mike's is. Biggest. Completely different kind of a movie for him. It's a period film. It's uh, it's Chekhov, but he does a wonderful job with it. Great photography by uh, Benoit Delhomme, one of the great French cinematographers of the last twenty years. Um, let's see what else we got here, real quickly. I'm going to try to go through these so that we still have a little bit of time on the show. Uh, the monster that challenged the world is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I saw this when I was a kid, and I didn't like it then. I don't really much care for it now, but hey, maybe you'll maybe you'll dig it. Uh, I mean, Tim, look at the picture. Tell me that's not the dumbest movie monster you've ever seen. Oh, look at that. Wait a minute. That, I, I think I've seen that monster recycled a few times. And the little girl doesn't seem to be afraid of him. She seems to... He looks like a ride. It's just, it's just nonsense. He's like, like a monster ride at, a, at, at an amusement park. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Ricky and Pete with uh, Stephen Kearney and Nina Landis. Uh, kind, of a, kind of a, you know, uh, one of those cute youth movies from Australia. Uh, that, that's, that's okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Pierce Brosnan and Taffin. Oh, I remember that. Do you film. remember that? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So young, and he had so much hair. Well, that was the film that made them at first start thinking about him for Bond, uh, but it was actually the film that got him the part. Um, Remington Steel. Remington Steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we talked uh, either a week or two ago, uh, or a show or two, or two ago, about The Bride Wore Black, the uh, Truffaut film coming out on uh, on Blu-ray from Twilight Time. It is now also out uh, on regular DVD. From MGM, so there's a licensing thing there. Twilight Time got the Blu-ray rights, and then uh, 20th and MGM are just spitting it out on uh, on uh, DVD R, which is fine. You know, not everybody needs to see it on Blu-ray, I guess. And uh, let's see, Warm Summer Rain with Kelly Lynch, uh, kind of a little uh, minor indie film that uh, showcases Kelly Lynch very, very nicely. If you're a Kelly Lynch fan, I once interviewed Kelly, Kelly Lynch. Oh, was, is it, just, from Top Gun, Kel- yeah. that Kelly Lynch, yeah. No, uh, Kelly Lynch. That's from, Kelly, yeah, Kelly Lynch. Kelly McGillis. Kelly, yeah, Kelly, yeah. Kelly Lynch from uh, Drugstore Cowboy. Oh, Drugstore Cowboy, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gus Van Zandt. She was just a great interview. Just don't know what happened to Kelly Lynch's career. She just kind of went off the map. No, she's got a lot of stuff in post-production, so there you go, Kelly. Good work. All right. Well, she's out there somewhere. Uh, a, a terrible comedy that I always hated, uh, Getting Even with Dad, with Ted yeah. Danson and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I would just assume that movie have never existed, but it's out there on uh, DVD for you. A, one of the many stupid King Kong rip-offs, uh, Conga. Let's not... It, 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 that's out. I mean, this is just truly madness. This is... Uh, <laughs> It's about a, basically a guy in a chimp suit, and it's, it's not a giant. It's not a giant Kong thing, but it's trying for the whole sort of Kong motif. And it's a guy in a chimp suit, and it just looks ridiculous. It's like the, it's like the banana splits, gorilla <laughs> yeah. outfit. Remember that? Yeah, it's just the worst. Yeah, you can actually see the guy's eyes. Yeah, oh, it's just terrible. Uh, a little movie called Attention Shoppers, which I had never seen before. You ever heard of this? Tim? I do Attention not know Shoppers. this film. Who's, who's this? Kathy Najimy uh, was in this. And uh, it's, it's, it's some kind of low-budget comedy uh, that's not the least bit funny, but it's got a lot of interesting people in it. Luke Perry was in it. Martin Mull shows up in this thing. It's very, very kind of, uh, you know, it's obviously somebody's catalog piece and sitting on the, uh, sitting on the shelf somewhere. Uh, Mouse on the Moon, which is the sequel to The Mouse That Roared, is not quite as funny as Mouse That Roared, but it's pretty darn funny. Uh, again, a Richard Lester film, but this is Richard Lester going outside his wheelhouse with uh, great people like Ron Moody, who won Best Actor for Oliver, and of course the uh, aforementioned Terry Thomas. Uh, a lot of fun there. Uh, screenplay by Michael Pertwee. And then uh, Five on the Black Hand Side. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is really a pretty terrific film. And it's kind of gotten lost in the, in the mix. But uh, really some amazing talent in this film uh, that just kind of, uh, you know, this came from the exploitation era. But I wouldn't call this sort of a exploitation fair. Not really a exploitation film it, so much. Oscar Williams directing that yeah. movie. I don't know. God, but, yeah, look, Jeff, Godfrey Cambridge in this film. It's so it's just one of the one of the a guy who was taken way before his time. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny and just uh, elegant, even. You yeah, know, and it's a, sweet yeah, film. Yeah, really, really sweet. So uh, you know, uh, some really great talent in here: Leonard Jackson, uh, Virginia Capers, uh, and the guy you know, Derville Martin, who yeah, just Glenn uh, Glenn Turnins, and the film you can see Glenn Turnin. He's in that Don Cheadle show. Uh, House of Lies plays Don Cheadle's father in that. Oh, Jeanette happened? Dubois, who I just in this movie. Oh, I just I just love Jeanette Dubois. Good times. I 
watched for Jeanette Dubois, basically. Yeah. Hey, Carl Franklin in this movie, because we know Carl Franklin as a director. Yeah. One False Move and, yeah. and, and, and many other things. Carl Franklin was an actor. He's in this movie. Amazing. Fun movie from back in the Fun day. Fun movie. Whatever happened to Derville Martin? He's still around? He, Derville must still be. He directed all those uh, Dolomite films or, uh, yeah, for, uh, for Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, and, and a couple other and a, and a couple other things. They weren't great films, but there they were working, yeah. Yeah. Uh, making films in the early '70s. All of these southern black folks, yeah. African Americans, making films. Uh, Rudy Ray Moore owned those Dolomite films. He did on the day he died. Yep. yep. Which is which is pretty great. I wonder I wonder what what's happened. I, they're, they're not on Blu-ray yet. Oh really? Well, you, no. you would know. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're know. not they're not there yet. And so somebody needs to get those things on Blu-ray. I will never, I will never forget seeing Rudy Ray do. Uh, basically, I went to you know see some of his films. He was hosting them live, and he did like forty five minutes of material <laughs> for the audience, going up and down, embarrassing every single person in that audience. It was magnificent. Well, and that then, routine was very blue. Yeah, <laughs> but it was so funny. And then afterwards, he's out there hawking the DVDs and sitting at the table signing them and doing the whole thing. He was a machine. Um, the Aver Duvernay of his time. Indeed, he was. <laughs> I guess we could say that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, what, what, knock out, uh, tell I, us about some of those Warner I, I, titles. I, I, I'm looking right here at, uh, at Running on Empty, um, the also taken too soon uh, River Phoenix with uh, Christine Lottie and Judd Hirsch. You know, this this is a Sidney Lumet film. It's not great Sidney Lumet, uh, you know, from back in the day, a late Sidney Lumet film. Sidney lived a long time, so it's not even late Sidney Lumet. It's kind of mid-Sidney. Kind of mid-Sidney Lumet because he was around for so long. But but we do get a young Martha Plimpton here. You get a young River Phoenix here who, who was... Really, an extraordinary young actor, even back then. Yeah, I, I think. And Christine Lottie. So this is a neat little movie. The Man with Two Brains. Oh my gosh! Look, this was a goofy, goofy movie. I remember seeing it back in the day. But it was Steve Martin, frankly, uh, at his sort of comic, silly best. Yeah. We're talking about the jerk that yeah. that jerk period. We're talking about the big silly mir- uh, movie period. Uh, and I, I really like this movie quite a lot. Carl Reiner directing this film. Yeah. The great Carl Reiner. You, you just can't go wrong. Not, not, not his son. Not, <laughs> not no, Rob. No. This uh, is Carl Reiner yeah. when he was, he was doing really some of his best work as a, as a comedy director. It's really great. And I, I got over here Joe's apartment. I remember this MTV movie back in the early days when MTV had first started making feature yeah. films. And with the cock, with the talking cockroaches, mm-hmm. I remember this film grossing so me out deeply. Then I'm looking at the, I'm looking at it now, and it's still grossing me out. Yeah. Uh, Joe's apartment, uh, but you know, I imagine it was probably a neat film for its day. Uh, and rounding out my uh, onslaught of DVDs, here are the last of our 20th Century Fox Cinema Archives uh, manufacture on demand titles, uh, all kind of middling. Uh, Jack Oakey is always kind of a fun Jack fig- Oakey Jack Oakey is always good for a laugh Alice Faye always good for some musicals and they are together along with Warner Baxter in King of Burlesque we had uh, you know a triple feature that had Warner Baxter Warner, yeah. earlier and, you know, this, is, this is kind of just, a, just Jack Oakey being funny and Alice Faye being cute not really anything else going on there uh, Lloyds of London is uh, a actually an, an interesting drama about the creation of the insurance and banking company called Lloyds of London, which we still have today. They insure most movies in the world at some level. Yeah. And uh, this is a 1936 film with Henry uh, King. Yeah, with with Tyrone Power, uh, Freddie Bartholomew. Uh, you know, a lot of great people in this, uh, and it's kind of a standard Daryl Zanuck production from the day. It's a little stodgy, a little stiff, but certainly interesting. Uh, James Stewart and Simone Simone or Simone Simon, however you want to pronounce it, uh, in Seventh Heaven. Again, kind of a middling uh, Jimmy Stewart vehicle. He plays a, a sewer worker in Paris, and uh, he's just trying to trying to make his way in the world. A more Henry King there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Stewart is a sewer worker in Paris. <laughs> Who knew? In 1937, maybe. Not quite what you'd expect from it. Uh, Orchids to You, uh, kind of a little a minor film from the day, uh, directed by William Sider, uh, with John Bowles, Gene Muir, Charles Butterworth, nobody that you would necessarily really recognize, but it's uh, it's kind of a kind of a cute little uh, you know meet sweet meet cute rom com about a flower shop owner and a, and a lawyer. And uh, you know they uh, you know they battle at first because he wants to tear her building down, and of course you know everything turns out much much happier. They find a way. Uh, Rx Murder is uh, an interesting film written and directed by a, a filmmaker named Derek Twist, who isn't really doesn't really have a, a, a huge 
profile to this day. But um, that that was put out as prescription murder. Yeah, uh, but RX murder was must was that the original title? I remember I, prescription murder. I I believe you know that's a good question. Yeah, late, late, yeah, there it is, late fifties. Yeah, Derek, Derek and Twist, prescription murder. Very interesting. interesting. That's the same film. That's the original title, I guess. Anyway, that's from nineteen fifty eight. Uh, and the idea, it, it's a murder mystery with a, a doctor who moves to this little British town. And uh, it, it, he, he finds out that all the other doctors in the town keep, like, becoming widowers. Like, their wives keep getting knocked off. And you're like, are the doctors killing their wives? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the, the one interesting figure here is Rick Jason, who uh, would go on to be on combat on television and do a lot of really super cool movies like Day of the Wolves, which yeah. is a longtime favorite of mine. So uh, always enjoy uh, a little bit of Rick Jason. Um, and uh, High Tension oh, with man. Brian Donlevy, Glenda Farrell. Another cool little uh, kind of romantic comedy adventure movie uh, directed by the aforementioned Alan Dwan, who we talked about earlier. And the uh, last two here, uh, International Settlement is a fantastically cool movie. This is a real gem with uh, George Sanders and Dolores Del Rio. Um, which it takes place in Shanghai, of course, all shot on a studio lot. They didn't go to Shanghai, and you can tell. <laughs> in 1938. It, no, no, it's kind of it's silly. It's sort of, sort of funny. But uh, it's about a guy who's a gun runner, and uh, there's a, it kind of gets involved in this sort of kind of smuggling scheme, this fraud scheme. Anyway, uh, it's, it's uh, sort of uh, convoluted in that uh, uh, Maltese Falcon kind of way where yeah. the machinations of the plot aren't such a big deal. But the backdrop is interesting. That, sort of, that whole sort of Sino-Japanese warfare, yeah. those backdrops are always so it's, interesting. It, it's interesting. It's, it's worth a look. And then lastly, It Shouldn't Happen to a Dog. Uh, one of my favorite all-time titles. It shouldn't happen to a dog. It's like, well, what should happen to a dog? <laughs> right? What, what should? Are you going to kick it? What? What? What shouldn't happen to a dog? The story here is about a uh, an up-and-coming reporter who um, basically runs into this racketeering story, and uh, he's he's been he's been basically moved to the science beat, and somebody else now has his old crime beat. Anyway, and and you get a really interesting uh, kind of a really fun little little caper affair going on. It's uh, it's kind of a screwball comedy, not one of the great screwball comedies, but it's a it's an interesting idea, interesting twist on the on the whole concept. You can catch, you can catch, you can catch a really young Harry Morgan. Isn't he? So, it's so funny when you see him young. Yeah, he, Harry Morgan's a guy that you never imagine. Like, no, you only think of. I mean, like, even in you, Mash, what, Mash is forty five years ago, and he was already old. It's like, <laughs> weren't you eighty years old your whole life? Like, weren't you born born an old man? A fairly young John John Ireland in that movie too. Yeah, yeah. very fun. All right, uh, Tim, let's uh, let's wrap out. With some television, and uh, we've got some really great TV this week. Well, look, the complete series of The Facts of Life, all right? I, I, I got to tell you, I grew up, I grew up, I didn't grow up, I was an adult. Who am I, who am I kidding? I was already an adult. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pass myself off here. As a grown man, I was watching The Facts of Life. I was nuts I, about Tootie. <laughs> I was nuts about Kim Joe. Kinsley, Joe, all of that. Yeah. And let us not forget, a very young, uh, very highly haired George Clooney. That's uh, right. was on the facts of life. That's right. That's where he athlete. started, and he's so embarrassed about that. Well, he shouldn't be embarrassed about that. I mean, the hair, maybe the hair uh, might be a problem. But other than that, he was really you great. you got to so, start somewhere. The fact that Luke Wilson all that. Fi- finally, finally, you know, it's funny, too, because um, uh, uh, Tootie, whose name I'm... Who's Kim, it? Kim Fields. Kim Fields. Yeah. Kim Fields actually... Uh, when she was in college at Pepperdine University, uh, was a broadcasting major. And I remember I had, uh, you know, Pepperdine's not too far yeah. from, from where I grew up. And, and uh, you, you get on the local cable channel is the Pepperdine Broadcast Channel. So where all the kids that are like every Tuesday night or whatever, when they're <laughs> testing their news reading chops, they'd sit there in front of the camera today. And they read you all this mundane stuff. Today a <laughs> surfer found his surfboard stolen but recovered it in the adjacent parking lot. You know, it's that kind of crap. It's just, it's just silly stuff. But I remember it was it's it's surreal because I've been living in France for a bit and I come home and I turn the TV on and I'm like oh Pepperdine Tootie <laughs> and it was just weird it was just it's strange suddenly Tootie's on my college channel reading the news and I, I didn't know what to make of uh, that that could scar a young man it actually. was strange uh, the office look I'm going to admit something uh, to you Wade and the millions of people listening to this yes. podcast is that I never watched The Office. <laughs> Did I? Now, I watched the British, the British, the British, oh, the British series, yeah. I know. The British series, I yeah. knew. But I, I got really snooty about it. And I loved that series. And I thought that I'm too good. I'm too in the know. I'm too, <laughs> I'm too hip and hep 
uh, to watch this American knockoff. Especially with this, this Steve Carell guy, because who's he? You know, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I'm actually one of the people, so I'm really glad that this is out on DVD. Uh, I can catch up. So we have seasons one through nine of The Office complete series out on DVD. Pretty great. Were you, were you a fan? I don't know. Were you a fan? I, you know, I didn't start off as a fan um, because I was, I, cause I, was, I, was, I was like you. I was like, I'm not going to watch this American ripoff of this. <laughs> but in, in truth, you know, American adaptations of British shows have generally been quite good. Uh, we forget All in the Family was, uh, yes. basically took a British show and made it better. Steptoe and Son became uh, uh, Sanford and Son. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, Norman Lear was a genius at making those, those conversions. And Three's Company Three's was Company. an a- adaptation of a British show. So I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of pioneering work that went before that. So yeah, I'm, I was being a little snooty, and and I admit it, they made it their own. They really did. It is funny. I, I, I will. The, the, Ricky Gervais gave the show his blessing. He was a producer on this. He, he likes was, it. He likes it very much. Although yeah. he will, he will, he says all the time that the nature of the comedy is very different than the nature of the comedy in the show that they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and and we have here Game of. Thrones to complete fourth season. Blu-ray on Blu-ray came to it a little bit late. Game of Thrones, uh, yeah. uh, but I, 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 I'm pretty, I'm pretty much caught up. I'm certainly through this season right here. This is an extraordinary show. Um, look, there are there are these these people who are big like Tolkien fans, and I, you know I get that the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, and all that. I, I've got to tell you, I think George R. R. Martin's series here is far and away more mature. More interesting and more engaging than those Hobbit movies. They just are. Uh, that's just all. The, not to mention, uh, this show is just a beautifully cast show. The Great Charles is. Dance. Yeah, it's on this show. Yep. And I'm telling you, you haven't seen acting until you've seen Charles Dance act. Charles Dance can be in some of the silly. Charles Dance is in. He's uh, also in the Imitation Game. He's in the Imitation Game. And, yes, and, gonna... and that first scene in the Imitation Game with Charles Dance and Benedict Cumberbatch may be one of the best written, best acted single scenes of any movie I've seen this year. It's a, a beautiful, yeah. beautiful work. And uh, so, yeah, Game of Thrones season four on Blu-ray. If you haven't, if you haven't gotten caught up, get yourself caught up. A lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, really great extras on this too. I mean, just gobs and gobs and gobs of featurettes and behind the scenes stuff and audio commentaries and they just they, you know the, the great thing with Game of Thrones is that they always really really load this stuff up because it's, it's like the Lord of the Rings like you were saying Lord of the Rings stuff they mm-hmm. just they know that their fans don't want to just watch the episode they want to watch an hour of a show and then they want to watch like 16 hours of extras and not leave the basement yeah they want to see if they can put all that stuff together and make yeah. it all tie together the way yeah. it does I've got here uh, Downton Abbey seasons 1, 2, 3 and 4 on Blu-ray so to get y'all caught up, which, uh, uh, which I, you know, I, I, I have, I, I'm so late these days because I can't watch it because you know I, got, I, I can't I got, watch anything I got the little, in real time. I got the little girl, the and it's you know, so I, I've got to sort of watch everything late, and then sometimes I forget what the. This comes in handy. Uh, very, very, very handy. I'm, I'm only through, believe it or not, season three of Downton Abbey. I've been not watching yeah. quasi real time on. Oh PBS. man, are you in for some amazing so stuff? That should be very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, Ice Cold Gold season one. Is an Animal Planet show. This is out from Cinedime, and uh, all these Animal Planet shows, I always kind of roll my eyes a little bit. But I got to tell you, this is this is amazing. This is uh, this is about Greenland, and as most people know, Greenland is covered with ice. That yeah. was that's like the the old joke, right? Iceland is is Iceland green. Iceland is and, green, and Greenland is ice. They were yeah. trying to trick the the, the, the Vikings to come to the other place. <laughs> it was it didn't work, did it? Anyway, uh, the anyway th- this is basically um, about modern day prospectors who are looking for gold in Greenland, and it is it, it's it's really a, a kind of astonishing. You you think about prospectors in the nineteenth century, okay? So you know you think you're going to go to California or Nevada and find gold. You know the, the old prospector jokes that they're with your pan in the river, and eventually find a few nuggets, and you know it barely pays for the the spades and the shovels that mm. you use to actually get it. But, you know, we don't necessarily think about those guys making ridiculous sacrifices. These people are insane. Like, wouldn't you think it'd be easier to just, I don't know, just get a 9 to 5 work yeah, for get a few a job. years and, you know, invest the money and get a 401k? I mean, really? You, you think you're going to go to Greenland and, like, strike the mother load? Yeah, it'd be a prospector in Greenland. But it's, they're just, these, these guys are just made from, 
they're just made from different stuff. And I, I don't know whether to, to, to say that they're crazy or, but you know what? They got a reality show, which is more than I've got. Well, it's probably paying them more money than the, than, than the mines of, of, of Greenland. Yeah. Uh, I've got here uh, Black Sails. This is, an, this is an interesting pirate series set in 1715. This is actually pretty good. I've actually seen some of these myself. It's, it's very dark, but what really sells this series is the production design. They spend an enormous amount of money making this thing look as good as it looks. And it's pretty dark, too. Game of Thrones lovers would really thoroughly enjoy Black Sails. Cool. That's for sure. Sweetness. For sure. For sure. Uh, Stingray, for fans of uh, the old Super Marionation shows. Love uh, my Jerry Anderson. Gotta love the Jerry Anderson stuff. Well, Stingray is out again. You know, the, the Jerry Anderson stuff all originally came out from A&E. And A&E doesn't really exist anymore as a, as a home video entity. It's all been folded into various other companies. And, you know, it, 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 all, all those licenses expired. So now all the Jerry Anderson stuff has been relicensed and it's being re-released. And uh, so if, if you would missed it the first time around and you don't want to go and pay out the nose for something that's out of print, you're in luck. What so, are we looking at? Are we looking at DVD or Blu-ray then? This is DVD. And uh, not on Blu-ray yet. I don't think they've, uh, they've, they've made those transfers. So this is now from Timeless, who usually releases a lot of uh, Western television. But they're a great nostalgia house. And they're expanding their line and in a beautiful way. And Stingray is great. Uh, I still think Thunderbirds is the, uh, the top-notch show. That's, Thunderbirds are go. Thunderbirds is the best. But Stingray is great. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it all takes place in this. It's all under the sea. It's kind of like uh, Thunderbirds with submarines. Well, I love the Super Marion Nation stuff. But my favorite Jerry Anderson was the live action I'm a UFO guy. Yeah. You know, that's... I love the acronyms, right? Yeah. UFO. Yeah. And here it's WASP, the World Aquanaut Security Patrol. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Jerry Anderson is like a guy who never grew up. Yeah, no, no. It's yeah. fantastic stuff. Third season of episodes over here with Matt LeBlanc, uh, which looks like, 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 like a lot of fun, on Showtime. I didn't yeah. see this series. Any good? It, it's all right. I mean, he's kind of basically playing himself doing Joey or playing Joey playing himself. I'm not... Sure, which, yeah. but it's cute. Yeah, it's a you know he's 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 got the persona and he's keeping it going. All right, interesting. And he's, except you know he's grayer now. He's more of a grown up. But yeah, he still, still looks great. He's still kind of doing the same shtick, and it's okay. It works. Uh, season one of Dominion on Blu-ray with uh, ultraviolet HD on it as well. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of trying to sort of get on the Dominion bandwagon. This is a sci-fi show, and. Uh, most of the sci-fi shows kind of strike me as trying too hard. This one is really not a sci- it's not sci-fi, frankly. This is actually more fantasy than anything else, but it's an interesting concept. And uh, we've had a lot of shows about fallen angels, a lot of movies about fallen angels yeah. fighting devils and demons and whatnot. Supernatural is oh, one of those gosh. shows. Grim is one of those shows. Uh, but this is this is interesting. It takes a whole kind of biblical subplot and turns it into something that's kind of cool and sexy and might even be better for the the WB. But um, the uh, the idea here is that uh, you know the archangel Michael and Gabriel uh, have are, are part of this you know after the the war that's the war in heaven against humanity and it's, it it gets into this this whole kind of post biblical mythology that's um, that's spun. A little bit confusingly at first, but which sort of settles in as the as the season goes along, and uh, you have a, an interesting alternate extended version of the finale on here as well, and uh, it's worth worth checking out. It's uh, it's Dominion, so future seasons will be certainly interesting to examine. Well, here I have season three of Continuum. This is a Canadian series. Uh, this is an interesting series. I actually saw one or two of these back in the day. Basically, it's a detective from the future uh, who is trapped in modern day Vancouver. And I, you know, aside from the fact that that strikes me as funny, being trapped. I mean, <laughs> being trapped in Vancouver. Can you really be trapped in Vancouver? She just is in Vancouver. Uh, but Vancouver is a pretty dark place. It, this is this is a decent this is a decent series. I've seen a few of, but uh, not a whole lot. Uh, this is season three continuum. Uh, the Americans continues to be a, a really love that series. Kind of an amazing hit, right? Uh, this is an FX show, and you know, I, I gotta say, the thing I really love about FX and TNT as well is that they understand something that the networks never fully understood, which is they have kind of branded the network. Hmm. So if you say, I, I, there's this new FX show, before you even tell anybody what the show is or what it's about, they automatically kind of have a thing in their mind. They're yeah. like, I know what other FX shows are like, so I already know kind of where we are. I'm 50% there. Hmm. And it's great. And it really is. This is a good show. 
the Americans. So this is uh, the complete second season, and uh, we've got a new season that's just started. Just, actually. just starting. You know, sometimes I wonder. You and I are from a certain generation of people. We're, let's say we're pre, we're pre Cold War. We're, yeah. we're, we're Cold War kids. Yeah. Uh, we watched that wall come down. So all of these things sort of ring a little bit differently for us than they do for Pete. But it's not James Bondy. No, it no. doesn't have that James Bond flavor. It has. It's like it feels like a more authentic Cold War to what we grew up with. Yeah. Not not the movie glossy. Cold War. Yeah, yeah, not the yeah. Jean Le Carré. No, no. Cold War. The, yeah. A Cold War that might have happened in the real world. Yeah, so that's, uh, that, is an, that is, continues to be a really, really cool show. I don't know this series. Maybe you can tell me about this one. Wait, it's a series called uh, Banshee. This is the second oh, season. Good Town, Bad Blood. Yeah. Uh, uh, season three is just come is just just about to premiere. You know anything about that? Series yeah, we, we've we've talked about Banshee before. Uh, it, you know, this is uh, it, it continues to be one of these HBO shows that they they somehow know what buttons to push. Um, it's basically it takes place in a small town, and it's I I, I don't want to say it's Twin Peaks like because it's not kind of weird and freaky. Uh, but it's very much, uh, you know, a small town that's filled with no good people. Oh, okay. One yeah, of yeah. It's it, it's noir basically. It's uh, you know, it's 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 Fargo esque and and all those things. And uh, yeah, it's um, I guess maybe a little bit like Deadwood except in present day. Oh, interesting. There's some of that. So uh, you know what HBO just they they know how to, how to get greenlight these things that would ordinarily not seem to appeal to anybody and. They just hit a nerve, and this is another one of them. So uh, that's a complete second season, Blu-ray, and uh, very nicely done. Banshee, Banshee, Banshee. And then Arrested Development uh, is back. And people haven't been all that enthralled by the fourth season of this. Uh, This is, of course, uh, no longer on network. Right. This is uh, this is now uh, the fourth season's moved over to Netflix. Is that how this is going now with the rest of development? Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, they went away. Uh, Netflix came in, saved the day, got the series uh, back on the air. And I don't know. I guess I guess like you say, people are not as fanciful about it as they used to be. Yeah. I, I, I've got here uh, a couple of remakes. Uh, who puts out this series? Wait, I've got. The, uh, the, oh, the remake rewind series comes from uh, Mill Creek. Mill Creek, really interesting stuff. Uh, the end of the affair and the end of the affair. Yeah, uh, which is really really lovely. I happen to like both remake of these films. rewind. Uh, uh, Deborah Kerr and Van Johnson, uh, of course, in the 1955 film, and Ra- uh, Ra- Ralph Fiennes, Rafe Fiennes, and Julianne Moore, and Stephen Ray in that 1999 film, which is just a beautiful, beautifully made movie. Yeah, uh, I, I just remember the cinematography in that movie being absolutely extraordinary. And then, of course, you got DOA and a DOA. Um, you know, that DOA. The original is great. The original is great. That, that one is, with Meg Ryan no, and, 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 and Quaid in, no. in, in 1988. Not quite the same. So, but, but nevertheless, you know, uh, an interesting sort of uh, remake and rewind. When a stranger calls and mm-hmm. when a stranger calls. Again, the original is great. Uh, the 1979 uh, seems to be a theme here, Tim. <laughs> they, they, they just can't seem to get it right the second yeah. time around. Now, Gloria and Gloria, Gina Rollins' Gloria, yeah. and of course uh, Sharon Stone's Gloria. Yeah, Gina Rollins' Gloria is a fantastic movie. Uh, and I, John Cassavetes, John Cassavetes directing his wife, yeah, yeah. directing his wife with a little Puerto Rican kid. Gangster movie Gloria is a, a mob mall yeah. who goes on the heel and toe with yeah. the little boy. Uh, I, didn't we just give Gina Rollins at the Los Angeles? Yes, Center we did the career career achievement award. Yes, which was a fantastic moment, I believe. Angelina yeah. Jolie presenting yes. that award to her. I wasn't night. there. Uh, yeah, I wasn't there either. That's why I was asking you. <laughs> and I, yeah. Man, we really support. No, group. Mark was Mark. <laughs> Mark was the only one who was there, <laughs> and uh, he was he was he was texting me during the, during the dinner. It was actually, I, I didn't quite feel like I was there. I felt like I was in Mark's head, and it was a very scary place to be. <laughs> it was very strange. But, no, Sharon Stone didn't do, a, didn't do bad, poorly in that remake. No, uh, no, no, not, not, not bad at all, the, the Sharon Stone remake of that yeah. film. And that, believe it or not, was 1999. 1980 yep. and 1999, Gloria and Gloria. And then I want to wrap out with just mentioning one music title. Uh, you know, I am a big fan of Air Supply. I admit it. Yeah. I admit it. Yeah. I am. I the am. The falsetto is a wonderful. Uh, you thing. know what? Air Supply, right out of Australia, they made a lot of goopy love songs, and I'm okay with that. Uh, this this is the uh, Air Supply live in Hong Kong concert from 2013, where they just crank it up, and all these bands seem to get better. All the bands from the 80s seem to be better now than they, they get were tighter then. and tighter, and those songs are even. I'm all out of love. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's a great song. It's a fantastic. It's a song. fantastic song. 
And, uh, you know, Hong Kong is always a great place to have a concert because if you don't know, it's, there's, I think there's a law in Hong Kong that says you can't be a movie star unless you're also a pop star. <laughs> so, so pretty much everyone who's a movie star in Hong Kong, uh, will, for every movie they release, they release two albums and perform five concerts a year. It's crazy. It's weird. Like Andy Lau, who's, you know, yeah. big movie star in Hong Kong. When I was in Hong Kong in 97, I remember turning on the TV and there's Andy Lau wearing like this velvet suit and women draped on him and he's in some amphitheater singing songs really poorly before screaming crowds of women and I thought you would never see George Clooney doing this. Well, it was a, it's sort of a, a Tom version, Cruise, a version of Elvis, I suppose. Only worked the other way around. Elvis was a pop star, anyway, and they, never did really become a movie all, star. I think there's a, I think there's a law. Anyway, uh, Air Supply is a wonderful concert. Uh, we used to make, we used to make fun of Air Supply yes. a little bit, even though we liked their songs because they all had love in the title. Yes. But they're all good songs. Lost in Love, Making Love Out of Nothing at All, All Out of Love. They're all good songs. Yeah. And uh, a lot of great tracks None here. None of those people have as much hair now as they did then. Uh, you of course, know, neither do I, so. Uh, and, and, you know, it's the one song. Is it, is it Lost in Love where, it, where he holds that note that at the note, end? Yeah, that, that falsetto. You, you know, that, that really, that, that was in the Guinness Book of World Records at one point for the longest held continuous note in a song, in a recorded I had, song. I had no idea. That's it was, it, it, yeah. And he gets right up there and he just holds it and it just goes and goes and you're just looking at your clock going, what the hell? It's a, is it broken? Is the record? What's happening here? It's not stopping. Ah, it just keeps going. Glass is shattering. Dogs are screaming. Coyotes are barking. The sun's raining. The sun turns to blood. It's just, it was unbelievable. Ah, it just keeps going. Anyway, so that, that's a wonderful Blu-ray. Uh, that is uh, Air Supply live in Hong Kong. Fantastic Blu-ray with amazing DTS sound. Just... I've said this before on this show. The, 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 the DTS... Can't go wrong. DTS lossless. It's one reason why I think Blu-ray really is almost a format that excels less with movies than it does with concerts. Mm. Concerts on Blu-ray, that DTS audio, it just... If you've got a full system, it just kills it. All raw. All right, Tim, that wraps our show up. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank Let's you. do it again. Thank you so much for, uh, for sitting in for Mark. And uh, you will be here again next week with us. Yes, absolutely. While Mark continues to suffer, we will make fun of him. And in the meantime, please uh, go ahead and send us emails to gods at digigods.com. Again, gods at digigods.com. And uh, send us Vox boxes as well. We have begun to get new Vox boxes, so we always appreciate that. And uh, as a reminder, please go to funofficepools.com. Go to the group The Digigods, both of them capitalized, and God's uh, G-O-D-S also capitalized, but a space only between The and Digigods. The password is Lars von Trier, all one word, all lowercase. And uh, join the uh, join the uh, the Oscar pool and see if you can uh, if you can win it because we're getting some great great swag. Already have the Frank Darabont collection as well as Boyhood on Blu-ray and a bunch of great old uh, classic titles from Olive Films all on Blu-ray. Uh, we're getting a really great bunch of swag. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.